Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll welcome a new friend of the show, Daniel Rubino of Windows Central, talking first about Skype and Windows 10 and the fact that Microsoft has held back the update. Do the problems a bit later, Josh Centers. He's the managing editor of Tidbits. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. So, Daniel, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you after all these years. I would have liked to have talked to you quite a bit when I run into Microsoft-related issues. But before we do that, let's talk about one Microsoft product that aggravates me. Maybe sure it doesn't thing. aggravate you so much. Or maybe it's because I'm using a Mac. I don't know. The other Microsoft product, and one that causes me aggravation, I don't know whether it's just Mac, and maybe it's also Windows, since they went to Skype 8 for the Mac platform, it has been no end of trouble. What is your yeah. perception? And I can't really speak to to the Mac version too much, as I have in a, I do have a few MacBook Pros lying around, but they haven't been booted up in some time. Uh, so Skype has a really interesting and torturous history, and it's a little fair, I guess, to blame Microsoft. After all, it is their product. They do need to take responsibility for, it, including user experience across all the devices. So I don't want to, uh, you know, get away from that part, but. The history of Skype is super interesting, and I don't, off the top of my head, I don't have all the details because it's been a while since I, I researched it, but the long story made a little bit shorter will be that Skype started off as a peer-to-peer client. That is, when you used to make a Skype call, you would go online and you would direct connect uh, through nodes that would connect to the other user and it was good it worked well and it this was built for a world where you were static behind a pc preferably sitting down the screen would come up you had a either a dial-up modem that's how far this goes or you had a dedicated uh connection through a cable modem and that that was how skype's architecture was i'm not talking about even the stability of the app in front of me i'm just talking about the the back end aspect of how the technology worked and that was good for the world back in the early 2000s and then what happened of course was smartphones came around and skype was launched on smartphones it was on windows mobile back in the day and it operated the same way though and so this was problematic because in order to use skype you had to leave the app open. Uh, so it could always just have a constant connection to a server and be reaching out for incoming calls. That's fine on a static PC. On a smartphone, it caused battery drain. It was very, you know, used a lot, a lot of power just to keep it open. So this idea of like Skype, you know, replacing phone calls is really problematic in, in the early days. What they've been doing ever since is overhauling the complete backend. So now this is works on a cloud-based system, and this went online only in the last two years. And it still has aspects of the legacy node system that I believe is going offline. I, I think it's sometime this year, actually. But that's sort of part of it. The other problem was when Microsoft bought Skype, the philosophy behind the app system was you make a separate app 
for iOS, you make one for Mac, you make one for PC, you make one for BlackBerry. And each one was a separate team. They all did their own thing. And then when Microsoft bought the company, completely overhauled the back end for this new mobile world where you can't have a constant connection looking for incoming calls. You don't need the app open, right? And that's how it operates today. You can have Skype closed, but if a call comes in, you get that notification. That was a lot, a lot of work to do. Then they also had the issue with trying to get all the apps that are on separate platforms all on the same page. Oh, and I mean here, feature sets, design, all that. And so this is the struggle they've been dealing with, which is get the back end done and get the front end all matching. This latest version that you're experiencing is another step in that. They've now switched to, I think they're using Electron on some systems, and they're now, you have unified the design language and the actual architecture of the, the apps themselves across platforms, which means it'll be much easier for them when they update across systems to roll out those features to all platforms. Likewise, the back end, no one complains about Skype and battery life anymore, right? That, that argument is gone. Like you could just have Skype on your phone, you install it and a call comes in, it comes in. They're also now doing something I'm very happy about, which is streamlining the app. They, for a while there, they were adding in new features, they're trying to compete with Snapchat for a while with these stories and Instagram too has those too. And it never caught on. It was just getting too cluttered and too much stuff. And they're trying to be a little too hip. They are now reversing a lot of that. They have um, Peter Skillman is the guy that's in charge of his design. He's really kind of going through making the UI simpler to use, more basic, uh, and just sort of giving what users want while also bringing it into the future. People complain about Skype. The last number we have, though, was 350 million active monthly uh, users of Skype. It's still technically the only platform that works across all devices. It's coming to the Amazon Echo, for instance, which is pretty amazing. It makes the Echo, for me, way more interesting as a device. So they're still kind of the only game in town. Apple, as good as they are with FaceTime, as everybody knows, FaceTime is limited to Apple products. And that may be work for some people who have whole families on Apple products, but as soon as you step out of that system, obviously it's completely useless. That's kind of Skype in a nutshell. You know, I feel bad for them. It is getting better in my opinion, but there's still some rough edges that needs to be fixed. I understand they're trying to make a few changes in the interface. I think they really messed up on the Mac version when they went to version 8. And they did things that don't make sense. They did things that aren't as easily understood. So, for example, if I want to add to a group a call from somebody using a regular phone, therefore I need the dial pad, it doesn't work right. You can't connect. So I have to originate the call with the dial pad, call up the person, and then add the people who are on Skype. Now, heaven help me if I've got two people on regular phone lines. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Even on the desktop version for Windows 10, there's still some features that have been missing from the previous version that they're adding back and all that. So I encourage people to, you, you can talk to Peter Skillman on Twitter and bring up his email address. It's just at Peter Skillman and that's with double L's and you can talk to him and, you know, let him know your experience. And they've been pretty good with, um, you know, addressing these and, and getting there. So on the other hand, you know, Mac is also to its future, right? We saw Twitter deprecate its app for Mac OS, and I'm sure Skype won't be doing that uh, anytime soon. But this idea of PWAs becoming more popular and whether or not iOS and Mac OS merge or there's some sort of 
you know, hybridization that goes on there is going to be a really uh, interesting thing. I think eventually what we may see is, is once we can run iOS apps on Mac OS, you know, the, the iOS Skype may be replacing it. So that, that's the, the way the all companies are kind of going, trying to streamline. It, it's, it's becoming less and less sense to make dedicated apps across platforms if you can avoid it. Well, I think at this point, as far as Apple says, and you never can tell because they may be hiding information, so far the ability to run an iOS app on the Mac right now is limited in Mojave to Apple develop apps. The SDK will be published next year. But I kind of expect these will be more or less limited function apps, like a Notes or something like that. It's almost if you hearken back to the early days of the Mac, you had desk accessories. Mm -hmm. You had kind of mini apps that do single functions. And that might be something there that has value. I just don't know whether Skype is the kind of app. But today, Skype is using a cloud servers as opposed to -to peer-to-peer for its network. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, that old node-to-node system has been uh, is slowly being taken offline. And, you know, like I said, that's part of the backend issues. But I think it's all definitely improving. Uh, you know, we can do video is very good these days. No one else is doing it better either. That's not really a justification for where Microsoft is. If you always want to strive to be the best. Obviously, doing VoIP is hard. Apple struggles with this. We were supposed to have FaceTime with multiple users finally. Daniel Rabino of Windows Central. WindowsCentral.com, more to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Trading involves financial risk. It is not suitable for all investors. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. Former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join the American Cannabis Summit, visit ACS2018.com or text JOIN to 76280. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280 now. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill, so what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know their good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we have Daniel Rabino of Windows Central, but we're talking about something here that applies to a lot of platforms, Skype, the issues of VoIP-type apps, Apple's difficulties in making the 32-member group version of FaceTime work on iOS and macOS. And, of course, that is enabled in the betas that are available now for the new versions of iOS and Mac OS Mojave, so perhaps they get to work. I just wonder here, I know Apple wants to have exclusive features for the platform, and that makes sense to sell product. But why the heck not let something like FaceTime go multiple platforms? If anything, it would draw people to the Mac, wouldn't it? You'd think so. I think it's uh, there's two, I would say, main reasons why they don't. Obviously, the lock-in is super important. Apple has a very high success rate of if you get an iPhone, it's going to be pretty easy or likely that you'll also pick up a Mac or an iPad. The larger perspective, of course, is the fact that most iPhone owners actually have a PC. That's just the numbers, right? It's like something like 89% are PCs versus the rest is going to, to Mac for the market share. And so they don't really want to mess with that. It's always a tough problem, I think, for companies. BlackBerry famously dealt with this issue, too, with BlackBerry Messenger, 
which is super popular on their platform. It actually locked in a lot of younger people who I remember in their 20s would rock Blackberries. And I always thought that was weird because I, I always associate those as pure enterprise plays and, you know, oh, you're a business person. But there were the younger kids were playing with it because of BB Messenger. They just absolutely loved it. And so that question was posed to BlackBerry too. Like, well, you know, this thing was kind of cool. Why don't you open it up to put on other platforms? You'd still be running BlackBerry Messenger, but you could run it on Windows or iOS. And they held off on that for a very long time because they thought that they could keep pushing with the BlackBerry phone sales. And eventually that hit a crater and dropped off a cliff. And then they eventually did push BBM across other devices. Even Windows Phone got BBM. And to be fair, it was a pretty solid app too across devices. But you know, by then it was too late. Uh, we saw the rise of WhatsApp and uh, all these different other chat services. Snapchat, of course, uh, was a big one that's come out. And, and so we've seen this rise of, you know, especially in other countries in China, they have their own systems as well. So by that time, it was too late. And that's always the problem of when do you execute doing sure. this? And I, I think Apple feels like they don't need to at this point. Well, the thing that always bothered me is when you have proprietary chat systems, it means you have to install multiple apps. I mean, there was a time when we still had AOL Instant Messenger or AIM where it would work on Apple's messages with other protocols. It would work with Facebook. Now I have to, on my Mac, run a third-party Facebook app because there is no Facebook Messenger for the Mac. We either have to do it in the browser or something like that. So I have to run this app that's somewhat buggy. At least if I want to do SMS-style messages, it will share with my iPhone. But this message consistency is unfortunate because it just puts people into different boxes or bubbles. Like, for example, my son lives in Madrid. He uses WhatsApp. So I have to have a WhatsApp client, which interfaces again with my iPhone, in order to talk to him. And I think, how is that serving the customer? Yeah, and I would say uh, my second point would be that if Apple decided to even do this, like what would be the first platform they would want to probably target? Well, there'd be two, right? Android and then Windows as a desktop to compete with Skype. The problem there, though, was the technicalities of it. It's not easy to do this. And you just don't port stuff over. And let's be fair, Apple doesn't have a strong history with making very good apps even for Windows. iTunes is still a, a mess on the desktop. And we know what happened with the Safari browser as a you know a play against Windows. They may have a better opportunity on Android, but Google is pretty aggressive with trying a flavor of the month voice chat service. Right? They they still haven't even figured out really what they want to do with Google Hangouts, which is another example of where it proves the difficulty of making a good product. Hangouts hasn't had really any significant updates in years. It's not very good. It's very CPU intensive. Uh, it gets the job done in some ways. But now you're starting to see, like, where does Hangouts fit in with uh, the larger consumer marketplace? And you look at, like, Skype being folded into something like Microsoft Teams, which is a competitor to Slack. It's just built right into it. And so now Microsoft is leveraging its own sort of system. The difference is, obviously, Microsoft doesn't do lock-in anymore. They're actually the opposite. They want to put their services on as many platforms as possible. The Skype team, I'm sure, wants their app to be very good on Mac, so there's no, like oh, we purposely don't want to pay attention to that. And it's a very different perspective on how you do things, I suppose. And that's always going to be a core difference, I think, between Apple and Microsoft as far as how they are looking at the world and services. Well, certainly one of the big changes in Microsoft since the era Steve Ballmer ended 
was the opening up of Microsoft products to other platforms, such as iOS and Android. And now you see more parity, for example, between the Windows and Mac versions of Office. They announced both at the same time, which was almost unheard of in the past. You know, Windows and Mac Office 2019. Now, there may be some things that are still Windows exclusive and some apps are Windows exclusive. But that parity was unheard of for so many decades, it seems. Yeah, arguably the largest shift at Microsoft. And it's one our own audience struggled with. Uh, our audience obviously has a lot of core users who prefer the Microsoft ecosystem. And as soon as they saw other features going to iOS and Android, they got a little frustrated with it. But you know what's best for customers and the consumer out there and businesses out there is this idea of cross-platform. Now, if you run Office, no matter where, if it's in the cloud online, or if you're going to run it natively on your system, it's going to be a very similar experience. For consumers, I think it's it's the best way. I mean, Apple makes very good products, and part of the reasons why their products are so good is because it is a siloed system that they can, like, their OS updates only run on their hardware, and so they can tightly bound those two things together. It results in what people often refer to as a, just a more delightful experience. It's more consistent, tends to be more stable versus something like Android, where it's a lot more to compete with. Microsoft has to deal with that with PCs and its OS. It's a lot more difficult if you have to put your OS on other people's hardware versus everything you do on your own. So Apple's benefited from having that closed system, but Microsoft is clearly going towards the opposite way. And I think it's been really good for them. You know, if you go on to the Google Play Store and you type in Microsoft apps, you have things like Skype and you have Outlook, you have Teams, you have the launcher, even Edge, which is still technically powered by the Chromium browser, is big on Android. All these things have their reviews are between, I think, 4.2 and 4.8, four out of five for reviews from users. They have millions of users that are downloading these services and that's kind of where they want to be. Uh, the, even the launcher on Android is really fantastic. Outlook on iOS and Android is one of the top downloaded email apps. It gets regularly updated, too. We've got Daniel Rabino of Windows Central. And I know this dovetails into the issues Microsoft is having with the Windows 10 update. So let's explore that next. This is the Tech Night How Life. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's Dr. Sonia Bacha on The Doctors. So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. Is you just need a very small amount. And then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product. And one of them is something called Argyroline, which is sort of a darling in dermatology right now. It's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals. And they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push that herniated fat pad back. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Daniel Rubino joining us from Windows Central, windowscentral.com. Before we get to the Windows 10 issues, the fact here is that Microsoft sees that it makes lots of dollars. It doesn't have to convince you to use Windows, and certainly Windows Phone is dead, so it doesn't have to convince you of anything. If you like the product, you pay the money when you get an Office 365 license. All platforms. 
You don't have to worry about which platform you're using. You just get the license and download the version you want, and that's it. If you want to use the OneDrive, it doesn't matter what platform you're using. For them, it's become usable and profitable. Now, it does seem that Microsoft and Apple cooperate a lot more these days because they don't really have that competitive thing as much anymore. And certainly the Surface is only, I guess, a fairly limited sale product, even if it competes with some stuff from Apple. But let's get to the Windows 10 issue here. We're expecting a Windows 10 update in October. And I want to ask you more about the way Windows 10 is structured. What happened to it? Yeah, so uh, this is never good news, and it does highlight flaws in their testing strategy. So for a few years now, uh, I think it's almost four years now, we've been doing the Windows Insider program. Windows Insider program is best thought of as Back in the day, Microsoft would build Windows internally, and it was two to three year development cycles. And it would just sort of, you'd hear leaks and screenshots would leak out and all this kind of stuff. But it wasn't until sort of the big reveal and you would get this massive update, right? This was, you know, back in the day from Windows 7 to Vista to 8 and Vista in between. And you had Windows XP and Windows 95 and 95 Special Edition. So all those are these like major milestone releases. And starting with Windows 10, they got away from that because the world itself is just moving so rapidly. And uh, as we saw with iOS and Android, this idea of the OS is never really finished. It's just always about adding new features. And there's some problems meta with that approach to building an OS because at some point you jam it full of so much stuff that it becomes less intuitive. And this is like my kind of complaint with iOS, which went from super simple to just as complex in some ways, not many, but as Android. Uh, and they also ran into some stability problems with iOS 11 that's been addressed in 12. But going back to Microsoft, so they went to this more modern model. Part of that is with this insider program. People, you and me, can just sign up for it. And there's different rings that are part of the testing status. There's what's called a release preview. Release preview is basically it's a couple weeks from being released to everyone. So this is last minute to catch major bugs and any problems, but overall, it's very stable. You have slow ring, less stable, but we've ironed out a lot of the big things, and you have fast ring. Fast ring is, these come out every week, every two weeks. They usually have brand new features in them, but they can have bugs with them too, and they usually do even highlight the bug. Like, listen, you know, this part might not work. We know about it. We're working out, and it's the in-development stuff. The concept behind this is not just getting it out there, although that is part of the problem in the sense that a lot of people sign up for this stuff just to get early access, right? That's always going to be a thing. But the other idea is that you get direct feedback from users who are now using it daily on their machines. They see a bug, they have a problem, they use what's called a feedback hub. They can even record the issue. It gets sent in. Microsoft analyzes the data. In theory, it goes to the separate teams, and each of those teams then address that data and fix it for the next release. So it's a very open way of building an operating system. There's no secrets anymore. They really get on stage and, and do this hour-long presentation of new features because we basically see it come to life in front of our eyes every few weeks. Oh, this is there. I wanted to mention something before we go on to the issues. Apple is doing that halfway. They do have the event. Right. But during the course of the year, there will be new features added And there is like an Apple Insider program, an Apple beta program, where you can sign up and get the operating system updates in beta. Anyone can sign up. I think they have several million who have signed up. 
And it's a point here where the developers will get one day, and within a few hours or a day or two, the public gets it. So there's hardly a need anymore, for, I think, for people to even sign up, as we journalists would used to do, sign up for the Apple Developer Program for $99. $99 saved. Okay, Windows 10, what happened? Yeah, and so with Windows 10, it's free. Anybody can join it. Was Well, we don't know exact details of like why it happened. It went into release last week, last uh, on Tuesday. And so that was, I believe, October 2nd. And that was, you know, the patch Tuesday. It's usually when it gets released. And it was only released in the sense of if you went into your settings and checked for an update and force-checked it, it would download it. Otherwise, it wouldn't install. But it became out, and a lot of people installed it. And then what happened was, some people, and we really don't have any firm number what percentage of users, but regardless, some people had their documents, their photos basically got deleted. And what happens during a Windows update is this stuff gets shifted to a folder called windows.old. And what it is, they moved out, the OS operates, and they get moved back in. Something obviously failed there. Now, probably on eight or nine PCs, because I'm always testing laptops and new hardware. I've never seen this. So I don't think it's very widespread, but this is a game of numbers. So if you had a couple million people download it and even 1% of those million had this issue, it's still a large number. And it's probably what we're seeing here. So they pulled the update and now we're in like a hold mode, basically. So you shouldn't, you know, they're not letting anyone download it and install it until it gets fixed. We don't know if a cumulative patch, there was one released on uh, October 9th. We don't know if a patch will come out and fix it or they're going to have to recompile the whole whole thing and put it back out again. This is the second time they've had this issue, or something similar. Something earlier in April happened, too. wasn't as dramatic, but the point here is the Insider program is not doing what it should be doing. We're just capturing these bugs. Now, there was a little bit of an oddity. Before I went through the rings, I said there's a release preview, slow ring, and fast ring, and that's how the stuff operates. It goes too fast, then when it's kind of been tested for a few weeks, it goes to slow, and then once in slow for a while, it should go to release preview. But for some reason this time, they never put the build that went out to the public into a release preview ring. It skipped it and just went right out. And that's turning out to be have been a bad idea. Now, we can't guarantee had it gone to release preview. We don't know the size of this. Would they have caught it too? We don't know. But in theory, that's the reason why you have release preview. They skipped it and they had this issue, which tells you something there happened. So we don't know why they skipped release preview. I suppose their telemetry and metrics on this was saying we're fine. We don't see any show-stopping bugs here, and they felt confident they could skip release preview. And obviously, that turned out to be incorrect. Now, understand, Microsoft is not the only company that has problems with releases. Apple has problems, too. And Apple's getting feedback, we assume, from lots of people who are part of the public beta program, not to mention developers, of course. The best laid plans sometimes go astray, and this is it. Did Microsoft learn anything from this? Because you have to hope there's a learning experience here. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, one thing we can say, this I mean, this insider program and this method of building an operating system out in the open, and let's be you know clear, this is the world, one of the most biggest operating systems around, both in terms of code and users. And in fact, it's got to run across devices. I know iOS technically actually requires more devices out there now. And the benefit of iOS is, like I said, they get that single hardware target to hit where they're dealing with a lot of variables. Windows 10 runs on everything. And so this is a, an experiment. And each time something like this happens, I know they, they're having meetings right now. They're going through the data. They're looking 
through what failed, why, and how to address it. And that's been, the, the Insider program has evolved tremendously since its first release, and it's gotten better, it's gotten more robust, and they're building out a lot of these tools. If you think about millions of users, I mean, last time I heard it was like 10 million users of the Insider program, that was probably like two years ago. But if you think of like millions of people sending feedback across all the different hardware, try to reproduce these bugs and get them ironed out, uh, you know, it's a huge daunting task, but they're using advanced forms of telemetry, machine learning, and AI to help sift through it all. It's all anonymous, of course. It's not tied to your account, uh, you know, but. So Microsoft you, isn't Google. No, exactly. <laughs> hey, no, let's Microsoft, do our break here and then let's continue yeah. with this because it's really interesting. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Daniel Rabino of Windows Central has joined us on the Tech Night Owl Live. And we're talking about Microsoft and a problem with the October Windows 10 update that didn't quite work it. Now, the thing I want to know here is if someone could buy a Windows license and get these updates forever until there's, is there going to be a Windows 11 in our lifetimes? Probably not. You know, uh, okay, so a lot of people get, you know, asked the question, why is it called Windows 10 versus, you know, will there be a Windows 11? Or why not just call it Windows? And we really should think about this as just Windows. But the reason they don't call it just Windows is Windows is too vague of a descriptor. If you type in like to Google or Bing or whatever, uh, you know, Windows help, like you're going to get a lot of Windows. In fact, Windows Central, when I tell people I work for Windows Central, they're often like, oh, like House Windows? It's like, no, no, Microsoft Windows. So there is that sort of confusion. So Windows 10 is a, a way for, you know, in terms of Boolean searches to actually narrow down what you're talking about. Regarding a Windows 11, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Uh, this is, you could just think of as Windows 10 as being, and it sounds negative, but in the sense of forever having updates and features being added to it and refines. But that's exactly how iOS operates. That's how Android operates. That's how Mac OS operates. Chrome OS operates. All of them, they're typically never finished, right? Android will never be finished. There's never going to be a day where these companies go, well, we're done. Uh, we're taking a two-year off break from OS manufacturing, and uh, this is it. The thing is here, though, there are distinct version numbers or code names or something. So Android has a code name for each release in addition to a number. iOS 11, iOS 12, next year is iOS 13, lucky 13. Mac OS is 10.14 this year. There's always going to be a distinctive annual change in the numbering system. 
Sure. Even though it's just, there is a set of incremental updates through the year, and then they pack up, you know, 10, 20 decent features, and they release it for the new version. But Microsoft, it's always going to be Windows 10. So then, if you want to get support, everybody's so, using Windows 10 for the past, what, three, four years now, and it seems to be forever. How do they know which Windows 10? Technically, there, there is a versioning number. So if you just type into the search bar, WinVer, W-I-N-V-E-R, on any PC, you'll pop up a little window, and it'll say Windows 10. And then you'll see version 1809, OS build 17763.1. That's what I'm on right now. So version 1809 is the basically the major release number. The OS build number is the very specific version of it because you'll have version 1809 for six months. And during that time, you'll get cumulative updates. And each time those patches comes out, it affects that actual build number. But we're at 1809 right now. And that that correlates to, should be September 2018. That's what 1809 is reversed, if you think about it. So September 2018 release. So it's the fall update. That's And that's what they're calling this, right? The fall, no, sorry, October 2008. So it actually came out technically in October. But um, that's how they do the versioning number. So it's a quick lookup, but they don't really want customers to think about that. And that's part of the idea that everybody gets updates anyway. Uh, they usually do within about, four or five months to get 80 to 90% of all PCs on the same build. So they, they've been pretty good. It's uh, it's not nearly as bad as where Android deals with, but it's not as good as what iOS can achieve as well, but somewhere in between that. Well, with Android, what do they get? Like 10% the first year if they're lucky? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty bad on uh, Android. And then even then, they even on like the Pixel, it's only guaranteed for like two years of updates and that's it. Yeah, it's, it's not ideal. Well, we can go into that at very, very great length with Google, they've never, ever gotten this Android upgrade conundrum done. So you have situations here where people buying brand new devices and they're using last year's OS. Yeah, it's um, it's super frustrating for Android users. I, I would say it's getting better, but it also depends on who you buy from. If you buy from Samsung, you're going to be waiting a long time for an OS update. If you buy also from Razer, who makes a phone now, it's a, it's a good phone, actually. I really like it myself, but they're so new to the game that it takes them a while as well. Meanwhile, companies like OnePlus got the update out and uh, for Android 9.0 in 45 days for the new 6 phone that they released. So, But it is. It's all over the place. And depend, And that's just part of the review process when you know, you're know you talking to companies about should you buy their product. Pixels, you know, the Pixel line should get the update almost instantly, of course, up till two years. Microsoft doesn't do that. With Windows 10, the clock doesn't run out. If you have a PC from, I don't know, 1998, you could put Windows 10 on it. You can forever get Windows 10 updates. They're just going to keep updating. They don't cut off I think the only thing they've cut off is like certain really old processors, but you have to be a real exception for that. Um, but for the most part, your consumer, you can run this on any device, any PC, and it'll never stop. But then Microsoft is concentrating more and more on annual contracts, support contracts, office contracts. You can buy a standalone office version, but the best deal, you know, is the $10 a month deal. The $10 a month deal, you get five licenses, you get five one terabyte online cloud storage drives. I mean, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, the future for Microsoft and all companies is definitely this idea of a subscription model, which a lot of customers, you know, and a lot of the people in the tech industry push back heavily against said that it will never work. No one will ever, people are used to, you go out to the, <laughs> you go to Staples and you buy a box that has Office in it. It comes out once a year and you pay, 
the 99 bucks or 200 bucks or whatever it is for it. You would go home, install it, and your license is on a, you know, a card somewhere versus, yeah, this idea of monthly or yearly subscription where you, you're essentially renting it, but at the same time, you're getting a new build all the time and you're getting content support. A lot of people thought that wouldn't work and turned out to be it's a huge business for Microsoft Office 365 and now Microsoft 365, which includes Windows and other support tools for enterprise. It's turning out to be a massive business for them. And it turns out, well, people actually do like to operate this way, so long as the product that's being delivered is consistent with what's promised. And so far, they've been doing that. I know a lot of people raise eyebrows like, well, they're going to do that with Windows. And no, there's no evidence to suggest for consumers there's going to be any push to license Windows, you know, like it comes at the end of the year and like to continue using windows please pay it's they're not going to do that mostly because if you think of windows it's a vector for the rest of their services so you could just install windows and the idea if you want to make it really useful you'll probably want office and maybe OneDrive and these other things in which case they can kind of get you into the paying model there but don't forget every time you buy a pc you are buying 100% the license for Windows. It's fixed into that cost. And people sometimes forget that when if it's $12.99 for a PC and it has Windows 10 Pro, part of that cost is you're paying for a Pro license. And if it came with Windows 10 Home, it would actually be cheaper than $12.99 because you're paying for a Home license. And so they are recouping those costs always for the license. It's not free. You pay it once, but there's no evidence that they're going to make it uh, a yearly thing. And the thing here, of course, we do not worry about Microsoft making money. Sure, Apple's making more money, but Microsoft is doing quite well. The profits are good. The sales growth is good. Not a problem. But I want to ask you about the surface here, because it has interesting ideas, but sales have been pretty flat. Is this meant to be, say, a design vector for other PC makers to look at? Say, look what Microsoft is doing. Maybe you should do something similar. Yeah, absolutely. I love talking about Surface because it's such an interesting approach. Surface is 100% meant to be a shining star, the North Star for what Windows 10 hardware is supposed to be. What it's not supposed to be is a blockbuster seller. Uh, it's not supposed to get like 20% market share of the PC world. or it, it, it's, it's supposed to sell well and, and do well enough to be profitable, but the reason why, like one of the reasons why surfaces cost as much as they do is one, the, the build quality is exceptional across the devices. Now we can talk about, you know, some issues customers have had, but this is all problems that companies have to deal with when manufacturing. But the build quality is supposed to be very good and very high. But there's also, you know, a little bit of a, a Microsoft tax there. And the reason is clear. They don't want to build like, say, Surface Laptop and sell it to you for $599. Uh, and undercut HP and Dell, because then where's the incentive for HP and Dell to sort of continue making devices as well? So the idea is like, I can tell you right now, and in three years and in five years, if you want the best bang for your buck, you can always go with HP, Dell, or Lenovo. You'll stretch your dollar further. That's always going to be the case. Surface will always be more expensive. Yeah, the Surface is supposed to represent everything that Windows... 10 can do. So you have Windows Hello facial recognition. You always have pen support. You're always going to have rapid resume and it turns on instantly. Uh, so you see this with Surface Laptop. You have innovative design that pushes boundaries. People laughed at Surface Pro 1 and 2 when it came out saying it had a floppy keyboard. What is this? Is it a tablet? Is it a PC? Microsoft just kept that in. By the time they hit Surface Pro 3, they figured out exactly the design language people wanted. And now look at the industry. We have a lot of devices. Even the iPad is now trying to sort of 
uh, simulate that uh, effect with a keyboard that attaches to it. We've got more to come with Daniel Rabino of Windows Central. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Now Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, I'm Craig Samet, Chief Clinical Officer from Anthem. Every new parent dreams of bringing their baby home for the first time. But some babies are born too sick or too soon to come home right away. That's why the Anthem Foundation supports the life-saving research and programs of the March of Dimes, the leading nonprofit organization for pregnancy and baby health. Help us give every baby a fighting chance so that more babies can come home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.org. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go with water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now, GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we're talking here about the surface that Microsoft intends this to be something to influence the OEMs kind of like a standard. Are we seeing that in terms of even the cheaper PCs trying to live up to the standard? Oh, absolutely. Here's a clear-cut example. Well, specifically Windows PCs and laptops that traditionally have a poor trackpad experience. This is always an area that people always, you know, tout Apple is just nailing. They always have very good trackpads. So Microsoft years ago decided to tackle this problem and they released what's called a precision touchpad. It's a combination of minimal hardware requirements for that touchpad. So glass touch, you know, glass uh, top on there and certain hardware uh, requirements. But there's also a set of drivers that are optimized to rerun with Windows. And they released this. Uh, they use it internally on all the Surface devices, and it's up to OEMs. They can opt in as well. And for a while there, OEMs were just using Synaptics, they were using Elan, and they were fine. But then pressure has grown. Now the majority of these manufacturers are using Microsoft's Precision Touchpad. The Dell XPS line uses it. 
HP puts it in their elite books, which are the uh, high-end stuff for businesses. Uh, they're not quite using it, though, yet in all their Spectre series, which I keep uh, harping on them about. But Lenovo is using it now. You're even seeing the lower-end manufacturers like Acer and Asus are starting to use it. And what's happened is the trackpad complaints have dramatically gone down. They're still, I would say, not as good as what Apple's doing, but... If you buy a Surface device, at least, it's very comparable, I would say. So that's a clear-cut example. I Also, Windows Hello of facial recognition. This idea of security, getting rid of passwords, is a big effort by Microsoft. They've invented a technology for you know the facial recognition IR and a camera behind it, and then they've cooperated with their OEM partners to bring similar technology. And now you see it, all the high-end PCs that are coming out have this feature built into it. If not, they can go a fingerprint reader. And so, yeah, you're seeing this trickle-down effect. A great example is HP. HP, if you, you know, four years ago, if I saw an HP in a Best Buy, I mean, I never once tried to review these devices. I thought they were terrible. They were hideous looking. They're just gross, in my opinion. And I totally understood why people ran MacBooks or would even load Windows onto a Mac to get that experience. But if you look at where HP is now, their design, I, I would actually say, rivals Microsoft Surface. Uh, their Spectre series is phenomenal. Just the build quality, the engineering, the, um, the creativity that has, they have a new spark in them. And Dell's also kept up with the XPS line. Each company's figured out their own sort of identity, and they're not mimicking each other. We're not seeing a lot of these devices copy the MacBook anymore. They copy a little bit from Microsoft, but they've all come up. Like if you look at XPS 15 versus a Spectre X360 15, those don't look anything alike, but they look very distinct. Lenovo still sticking with their classic Lenovo design, the ThinkPad that people love and absolutely adore. So all these companies have figured out their own way now and have created a very good hardware. So I, I think the Surface model, which OEM partners were pissed about, way back in the day, have now come to embrace it. They still don't enjoy seeing Microsoft launch a Surface laptop, but I can tell you 100% from my end, it's driven them to be better companies, and we are actually seeing the results for it. I can now recommend highly an HP device. And I can say, yeah, if you don't can't afford a Surface, maybe go for the HP Spectre. It's a better option. I was interested here, too, just one thing I read about HP some time back, that they're offering equipment on a subscription basis but most interesting, they're including Macs and Apple products. Yeah, I believe Dell does something similar. In fact, Dell, Dell was selling Surfaces through their own subscription system. This is a, usually an enterprise play. And this is why Surface can never compete with them, is HP and Dell have a global presence with stores everywhere, support centers everywhere, their own tech. If your Dell breaks down, they can actually send a tech to your home to fix your PC in your home. Like That's something that Microsoft could never do. They don't have the infrastructure for it. Same reason why when HP launches a device, they can be like, day one, we're launching this in 25 countries and not even blink an eye, where Microsoft is like, we're going to launch it in two countries now couple more countries later and it's a slow rollout because they're manufacturing and they just can't compete so yeah hp dell they always sell uh, other people's stuff as well uh, what they're doing is they're selling a service to enterprise saying we're your computer specialist we're going to give you from whether you need a computer or printer you need phone support you need uh, all the accessories in between we want to be your one-stop shop sign a contract with us. We'll be able to service you from whatever you want and need. We'll put the software on there, seal your devices up, but they, that's what they do. They're not making a lot of money from the PCs. They're making money from selling services. And if that service means you're going to get a MacBook. So big uh, deal. It's possibly. still money. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And I would also say that 
If you look at sales for PCs, the one area where you do see a lot of growth is high-end Ultrabooks, even though they're super expensive, but they're competing with the Macs now. But what you're seeing is a lot of the executive class and the higher managing class want sort of uh, a premium PC experience. But we're also going to start to see uh, a rise in PC sales for one simple reason, which is support you know, on the enterprise level and consumer support for Windows 7 comes to an end in 2020. So you got to get to Windows 10. Some companies will just migrate the operating system. A lot of companies will also just buy new hardware because they're going to get new licenses and will be more modern anyway. So you're going to see, I guarantee you, a bump. We already saw it last quarter. You'll see it for a couple more quarters as 2020 rolls around. And you're going to see a sale of these premium devices, two-in-ones, and all this kind of stuff. We talk here about the future of the PC. More and more people have mobile devices. The larger so-called phablets, the larger smartphones, tend to be used as mini tablets. In some countries, it's the only personal computer. So does it seem here that the larger portion of computer sales goes to businesses either buying new PCs or replacing older equipment? And where does the Mac fit there? The same thing? Yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, it's one area I, I definitely talk about a lot when essential. We do get a lot of uh, insight into where Microsoft sees computing going. It's definitely a mobile world. Uh, where Windows 10 fits into that is going to be real interesting. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Windows 10 is always being built. It's always being updated uh, It's in front of our eyes. And one of the things they're working on that they haven't talked at all about publicly, it's called Windows Core OS. <laughs> Windows is a really interesting operating system. And everybody faces this if you're successful. Uh, Android faces this too. Uh, iOS and Mac and Apple faces this problem, which is if you're very successful, it's hard to move away from that system uh, when so many users have it. And so right now, the problem with Windows 10 is the Win32 subsystem, which is also its strength. The benefit of Windows is the fact you can run apps from 20 years ago. Or if you work in a hospital and you have proprietary specialized software for, say, EEGs or um, sleep analysis, that software is made and maybe it's... um been serviced, but it's made for your computer system, and it doesn't matter. You can change your new hardware, and you can still run it, and that's always been the strength. And so for enterprise, hospitals, schools, that's why they stick with Windows, because it can run whatever you kind of throw at it. At the same time, though, that ability is getting crushed in the consumer space, because that's not what consumers necessarily want. What they are going towards are things like Chromebooks or uh, iPads, and these experiences that more more represent a smartphone experience with instant on capabilities, always connected, very stable, very fast and fluid. Windows, you can get there. You can do that. Uh, it just often requires a little bit more hardware, like Core i. No one complains about Windows running on a Core i7, for instance, but you throw in a lower end processor, you start to get complaints about you know how well it actually performs. Meanwhile, Apple, they're figuring out how to make their own chips very well with the ARM processors. So this thing that they're doing internally is called Windows Core OS. And so everything you see, if you go into Windows right now, you have uh, the old school control panel, which has all your old settings. As This is a clear example. It looks like something from Windows 7. Uh, and then you have settings. And settings is very modern looking. It's the, the new format layout. And they're slowly but surely uncoupling uh, 
old aspects of the Win32 subsystem and rewriting it in what's the UWP framework and putting it into settings. And that's the whole operating system. The latest update that just came out for October, uh, they took the famous snipping tool, which a lot of people use for clipping uh, stuff on their web and documents. It's very, it's very good app, but it's also old school Win32. They've converted that now to UWP. It's in the store. It gets updated. It has new pen support features. Eventually, what's going to happen is you're going to see a version of Windows. Um, it won't be released to all people, but it'll come on new devices. That will be a very streamlined Windows experience. It'll look like Windows, but it won't have that old subsystem that we're uh, accustomed to that weighs down how computers work. We've got more to come with Daniel Rubino of Windows Central on the Tech Night on Life. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. Former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join the American Cannabis Summit, visit ACS2018.com or text JOIN to 76280. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280 now. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Hey, everyone. Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now. 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com. 
MDproactiveMD.com and enter promo code RADIO. You heard right. ProactiveMD plus free shipping and a free gift. The new Charcoal Pore Cleansing Brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now. 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code RADIO. Again, go to Proactive.com and enter promo code RADIO. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Google Plus. The poor man's Facebook going bye-bye. I guess this comes in the wake of some major security intrusion that Google didn't bother telling us about. What's your take? Yeah, uh, Google, you know, they have a long history of releasing or announcing products. And one could say not necessarily giving it a ton of support. And Microsoft has had this problem too. They're accused the same with Windows Phone, that they didn't give enough support, which I agree with. And Google Plus was always kind of a weird thing. But to their credit, doing social networks and creating a social network and having one that's successful is super hard. No one's figured out exactly how to do it. Apple tried with Ping too, and that didn't work out very well. So this idea of like trying new ideas, I think companies should always feel free to experiment with new concepts not be afraid to put that out there. And a lot of them do put it out there. It either succeeds or it doesn't. And sometimes they don't give necessarily enough of a push where perhaps that extra effort would have you know, changed things. But a lot of times they like to see, does it catch on? And Google Plus, if you think about it, was tied to your Google account. It, had, it was tied to Gmail. It had sort of every reason to succeed and yet still didn't. Uh, yet I know a lot of people who did use it. I heard a lot of arguments of people say that the benefit of Google Plus, you tended to have more serious discussions with people with well thought out responses. There was less trolling, less just garbage comments I you'd find on like YouTube or even Twitter. And so you can engage in actual serious discussions with people. But that's always sort of a niche thing too. A lot of people do like to just have simple comments and nothing more complicated. I think Google does suffer from this problem of trying a lot of stuff, whether it's even in Android or if it's just on through their own Gmail system, you know, they're just retiring inbox again. So, you know, this is their thing, but social networks are really hard to dethrone and Google plus hasn't been a player for the last couple of years. What makes this situation, you know, you mentioned was worse is the fact that they're just getting rid of it just because of a huge security flaw that happened like apparently three years ago and up to 500,000 people's data was possibly compromised. You know, this goes into this, I have fundamental issues with Google's business model, which is selling data, collecting data, using for advertising. Microsoft doesn't do that. I would say Microsoft's not quite as uh, 
tight as Apple, who controls almost all their own internal stuff. But Microsoft is definitely way closer to Apple than Google. And so that's important to consider if you're interested in data. On the other hand, consumers haven't really necessarily flinched that much, even in the news of Facebook and this stuff with Google and these security breaches and knowing their data is being you know, sold. People are like, oh, that's terrible. And then they still go buy an Android phone. So I don't know. We're living in strange times when it comes to this stuff. But um, yeah, it's end of an era with Google Plus, but we've all saw it coming. So, Well, it's not the only social network to disappear, but this has been a problem with Google. They bring up something, as you say, they may not test it so well. It doesn't really take off and it kind of disappears and like Google Glass, except Gmail is still around. Android is still around. And I wonder here with Android, it's the number one mobile operating system. Microsoft would have loved to have been there. Yep. They're not making a lot of money from Android. Maybe they're making money from the sale of software through the Google Play Store. They're cut. They're not making right. a lot of money. I wonder if they're not making more money from being the default browser on Macs and smartphones from Apple. Sure. I, yeah, all their money comes from search as well as, yeah, the store and everything. Everybody knows Android's technically given away for free. There's no licensing fee. It's one reason why that Windows Phone faced an uphill battle. They, Microsoft charged for a Windows Phone license, which was a really bad idea. Ironically, also, Microsoft collects a lot of royalties from Android because the system uses a lot of their own IP. And so every Android sale goes a little bit towards Microsoft, too, which is pretty funny. But Google's model here for selling Android is, uh, you know, it is questionable. It worked, though, in the sense that it is the most popular operating system out there. Yeah, I still feel uncomfortable sometimes using it, and especially with all the data that they collect and everything they monitor. It's the trade-off between convenience and being wowed. You know, my phone tells me when I need to go home and if there's traffic on the way, which is pretty nice, versus the fact that Google always knows where I am and is recording my travel history. That's a trade-off we have to decide with. Some companies, I think, do it better. Uh, Microsoft, I think, is a little bit more upfront. They luckily have so far not this year had any security breaches akin to Facebook or Google. Of course, I could change at any moment as well. But is this a lesson here? Of course, it's not that Facebook isn't having problems. I mean, they're they're being sued by some country for over a billion dollars. They're having their own issues. Yeah, uh, Facebook is, I think, super interesting because up to, you know, two years ago, they were seen as unstoppable. And I think anyone who's followed tech long enough knows that nothing is a sure bet uh, and that things change rapidly. And you're seeing Facebook drop off significantly amongst the, the younger crowd. A lot of older people now use Facebook, which is the exact opposite of where it started, its roots, uh, in a way that shifted. I don't use Facebook, and I have no interest in it. Um, that's not to say that social networks don't play a valuable part. I think humans have proven to be, uh, I, I call them psychotically social. The first thing they want to do with any kind of technology is learn how to communicate and share things. And so we've shown we can do that. But Nothing is written in stone in tech. I laughed off the iPhone when it first came out because it didn't have a keyboard, nor did it run apps. I think a lot of people forgot. Our original iPhone did not have apps. It was all web-based. They did change that, but they had the last laugh. Ultimately, as the iPhone became the, the sort of quintessential representation of what a smartphone should be. And a lot of people didn't see all these changes come along in technology. I want to dismiss Facebook. They could still rebound, but I think they're starting to fade. The question, of course, is what comes next. And so far, we haven't really seen anything that's going to replace Facebook. We're just seeing people sort of spread out and jump to other platforms. And Facebook's putting a lot of money to Instagram uh, as an alternative, which, you know, it's unfortunate in a sense. I don't want to see Instagram get more 
Facebook-y, but uh, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Well, I just wonder what's going to happen 10 years from now. Is there another possibility for a social network that supplants Facebook and makes it the MySpace? It could definitely happen in the next five years, I would say. But in 10 years out, technology is going to be so radically different. I find most predictions very difficult to make at this point when it comes to mobile tech. I concern myself about Twitter. It's already had a fall off quite a bit, except for one certain user who has gotten a lot of publicity for his tweets. Right. Yeah, but nothing's replaced Twitter either. The problem, I think, also with this industry is the fact that we look for eternal growth for these platforms where there does become a period where they just sort of level off. And that's actually okay. Back in the day, you could sell products that just leveled off and still made a profit, and we're okay with that. But now the way the stock market works is you need to consistently show each quarter you're growing even though there's a finite amount of people out there who's going to use the product. This is, gets into inherent flaws, I think, in capitalism and the way the markets are perceived, at least in the modern tech era, which uh, doesn't value actual capital as much as the potential for performance, which is a dramatic change, I would say, from early 20th century economics. Would you tell our listeners where they can find you? Sure thing. I'm always uh, available, ironically, on Twitter. <laughs> you can find me at Daniel underscore Rubino. That's R-U-B as in boy, I-N-O. I'm actually very responsive on there, so I do answer a lot of questions every day from users. So find me there. Otherwise, I'm on windowscentral.com and also on YouTube slash Windows Central. We have our channel there where we post a lot of reviews as well as essays and other videos as well. Daniel Rubino, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for having me. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go with water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now, GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. Uh, January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Uh, then my real health began going downhill. I had high blood pressure, diabetes, poor vision. I wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking heart and body extract from within a few days. I started sleeping better. My blood pressure normalized. My diabetes normalized. My sleep improved. Experience these benefits and more when your body heals itself with the assistance of heart and body extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. And folks, 
I did not expect this at all. By the seventh, eighth, and ninth day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-318-1251. That's 800-318-1251. 800-318-1251. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Josh Centers of Tidbits joining us, and we have a lot of topics on the table. I want to get started right away. So first of all, I don't know if you were a member or not, but we know that Google introduces new services and products, and most of them are discontinued because they never catch on. They're kind of experiments. I mean, Gmail made it. Certainly Android made it, but certainly if Android hadn't taken off, you'd never hear from it again. Now we have Google Plus that is disappearing in the wake of a security problem that they didn't tell us about. What's going on, Josh? Uh, apparently there was uh, what was it like an API issue and uh, it caused uh, some account info to be leaked and uh, Google responded by well first they tried to hush it up and then uh, when it came out they uh, they just announced they're shutting the service down entirely because not enough people are using it. But I wonder here if they didn't have the security problem would they have gone that far? Maybe it cost them too much to fix it. Yeah, I think I think they were just bored with it, and they've been bored with it. You you hinted at it uh, in your intro there, Gene. They uh, they create all these uh, different services. They get bored with them. 
But sometimes, even if they're successful, like I think Google Reader was fairly successful and they got bored with that and shut it down. You know, I think it's just an excuse to shut it down and save as much space as possible. But you know, the fact is, Google Plus was a total failure. And furthermore, it's not that they're failing in the social space. I would argue that YouTube is, uh, you know, one of the biggest social networks out there, if you want to look at it that way. So, I mean, uh, they're barking up the wrong tree in the first place. It also makes things confusing because everything Google has has tons of features that nobody understands or uses. I mean, I have Gmail. I got a Gmail account probably within the first couple of weeks it was available in beta four. But I dare say most people never use the features it offers. Yeah, that's probably accurate. Um, you know, I mean, even now, uh, you know, I'm not even sure I use a lot of the features it offers. And because Gmail offers a lot of features. Right. But most of those are only available if you actually use the web interface. If you just add it as yet another account in one of your email apps, such as Apple Mail or Outlook for Windows, you never see them. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, well, if you use it as a... And, and I've said this for years. Um, if you want to use an IMAP client, if you want to use, say, like Apple Mail or Outlook or whatever, Gmail is not for you. Gmail is best taken advantage of uh, in a web browser. And, and, you know, for that matter, its IMAP interface is terrible, too. If you want a good IMAP uh, experience, sign up for FastMail or, you know, some other dedicated service. Uh, uh, Gmail is not good at IMAP. Gmail is good at webmail. So, um, and personally, I, I've been switching back more to using the Gmail webmail interface. I've been on IMAP through FastMail for a while. And, and I think that's fine. But, you know, I think trying to do both, you're just kind of, you're hobbling yourself. Well, in my case, and certainly I'm an example of none, I just set up the accounts as IMAP, all my email accounts, go back and forth and treat them the same and depend on the email client to provide the features I need. If you have to bifurcate yourself, what a word that is. If you have to split between two different types of email, yeah, it gets old after a while. Sure. Then again, I I, uh, get old after a while. But anyway, with Google+, Plus, first they tried to force it on you. You sign up with anything from Google, they just get on Google+. Plus. It never really distinguished itself from Facebook. I don't, you know, I don't really know what uh, caused it to fail. You know, a lot of people say it was too complicated, and uh, that might be true. But so is Facebook. Facebook's very complicated these days. Um, you, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think anyone really knows what makes a social network work or not work. All we know for right now is that Twitter and Facebook have both firmly entrenched themselves in those spaces. And honestly, I'm not even sure how long, uh, you know, social networking in that form will last. I've seen uh, a lot of disengagement from Twitter lately and um, quite a bit from Facebook, too. You know, there's a lot of people I know who they don't tweet like they used to. They're not on Facebook like they used to. They're they're going on doing other things. So, you know, it, it could just be the f- uh, case that, uh, you know, that was a bump in the road onto something else. Uh, but now, you know, I, I've been uh, doing a lot of YouTube stuff lately on my YouTube channel, and I see a lot of engagement there um, at all levels. So, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if more people aren't spending more time with video and uh, that isn't, uh, you know, what we're seeing here. And, and also possibly another reason why Google just shuttered uh, Plus entirely because it's kind of pointless at this point. Well, certainly YouTube is doing so well. YouTube is really a success 
one of Google's most successful products, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Number one, it can actually bring money in because they also have a TV subscription service. So that certainly helps. And Google Plus couldn't. But even if you look at Facebook, every few weeks now, there's some kind of security thing going on. And that will discourage people from using Facebook. Twitter, okay, we have the interactions when certain people in the White House make controversial statements. And that has propped up Twitter. But I think without that, and once that gets old and has to get old after a while, Twitter will become tiresome. So what is the next thing? We have YouTube. It's been around for a while. What's the next great thing? I mean, how many years ago was it that we had MySpace? That was a big thing. The bee's knees. Right. But MySpace didn't last nearly as long as uh, Facebook and Twitter have. It was it was very much a bump in the road. Facebook and to a lesser degree, Twitter have a lot more staying power. So I I don't think Facebook's going anywhere anytime soon. I don't want to give anyone that idea. Um, Nor do I think Twitter is either, because I think even Twitter isn't super successful financially. I think uh, there's enough uh, powerful interest that one keep it going that you know they'll find some way but um i'm starting to see facebook and twitter is um um of a certain generation if if you can follow me there you know like just like uh certain websites you know or of a certain generation of the web and you know then the next generation of users uh you know is on something else entirely what about your kid youtube uh, youtube constantly that's it, uh-huh. that's, it. Okay. that's all youtube well, I have to ask my wife to come over here and tell us what she uses. I think mostly Facebook. She uses Facebook. She goes on YouTube. That pretty, yeah, that's pretty much it. She says Facebook mostly. And she, of course, is into animal rights, so she has a lot of activity over there for that. And that's worked mm-hmm. out well for her. The problem she sees, though, is she signs up for a couple of groups. And then suddenly her email's got thousands of messages she can't keep up with. So probably she's going to have to divest herself of some of those. But that's the other issue, too. It's very easy to have clutter on Facebook if you follow too many things. Sure. Yeah, and Facebook, um, you know, it started off as, you know, just for college students. And now it's become... Uh, it, you know, kind of a normie <laughs> service, for lack of a better word. And and I, I've noticed the user base is uh, is old, a lot older than it used to be. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that, it kind of seems to be the natural progression for a lot of these um, websites and uh, online services. You'll start off with, a you know, with, you know, your more younger users. And then over time, the, the base ages and then something new comes along that, you know, we'll, we'll see if that that uh remains true or not now it's interesting youtube because it seems like youtube is just kind of for everybody i mean there's something you know unless youtube is just outright banned your community um you, you know everyone's got a little something going on with youtube and i've used youtube to follow um tech stuff to follow you know gaming um blacksmithing you know hunting and camping things like that so i mean uh you, you know google's really tapped into something powerful there um Well, the one thing that's nice about YouTube is that you can catch maybe a sketch on The Tonight Show or from Saturday Night Live that you miss because they'll they'll put it up there. And that's one thing or a segment about a TV show or an interview with somebody that you'd like to know about. We've got more to come. 
social networks, and then we're getting into Apple's TV programming with Josh Centers of Tidbits on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. 99 bucks for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com.
Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So, Josh, I think that's the thing about YouTube is if you have it set up right, it becomes another TV channel. And I think it can take attention away from your normal pay TV, except that YouTube also offers a pay TV service. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's sort of confusing. And I was making a video the other day. I got confused on this because there's um, uh, there's YouTube TV and then there's YouTube. What do they call it now? YouTube Plus it used to be called YouTube Red. It's uh, <laughs> it's just kind of confusing. Yeah, and, and Apple's talking about getting into the space. We're not quite. I'm not quite sure what Apple's planning yet. I mean, we do know they've been picking up some shows um, and the rumor mill seems to indicate that the, I guess the idea is to give away some of this content or maybe all this content for free through the TV app. I guess that would be a way to encourage people to, you know, buy Apple TVs and, you know, get into the TVOS, uh, you know, ecosystem. I don't know. I mean, nothing they've announced so far sounds uh, has sounded very interesting to me. Is, is anything sounding interesting to Eugene? You know, I'm sure I ain't watching uh, Planet of the Apps or whatever. Well, none of the things they had, Planet of the Apps and the Carpool Karaoke. I like the one they did with Paul McCartney, by the way. I don't know if that was ever broadcast there, but I looked at the original one that they put up on YouTube. And that was very good. That was very good to see McCartney, except they had him do a concert in liverpool which is nice but i think we all have to agree this guy is a brilliant musician he plays what 40 instruments or something i mean there's hardly an instrument he doesn't play and many of them he plays extremely well the problem with him is that his voice is really raw he's been abusing that voice that great voice for many many years so that's it by the way i'm going to talk to you in a second about youtube tv since we're mentioning that before we go back to apple Okay? Okay. Okay. This is cable-free live TV, they call it, YouTube TV, $40 a month. And I check for Phoenix, and they have a list of stations there. And I'm looking to see if they have the locals. They seem to have the locals. They have CWTV. They have Fox. They have CBS, ABC, NBC. They have a good selection of cable channels like BBC America, so I can watch Jody Whitaker as Doctor Who. And most of the stations that we like are on here. And of course, they offer additional networks, which I assume is an additional fee, like Stars for $9 a month. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for HBO. There's Showtime for $11 a month. That's good. It's often $15 a month. NBA League Pass, $40 a month. And there was a review they're quoting from Wall Street Journal, YouTube TV is now the top internet TV contender. I think the real question is bandwidth with all these services. 
all these services, does your ISP restrict your bandwidth? If you do, and you got a 4K TV set, you know, it's going to cause some problems for you eventually. So that's the concern that I have with regard to YouTube TV. But actually, if I'm looking at it, $40 a month, it looks like a pretty decent deal. It has, like I said, almost all the stations that I would watch. In fact, all of them. I'm looking at this thing. That $40 gives me every single station I like. I very seldom would want Showtime or HBO. There's not enough on there. Well, I'm going to watch Ray Donovan and get Showtime for two months. You know, I, I don't watch a lot of terrestrial live TV these days, but, um, you know, I have all these services. I think YouTube TV is by far the best one, uh, at least in, in my area, the Nashville viewing uh, area. It has all the local channels. I don't think any of the other services have all of them yet, or at least all the major ones. You know, we've got a bunch of oddball ones that no one cares about. But, um, yeah, I, I just I don't tend to you know go into things like that. But yeah, for forty bucks a month, you get a pretty good selection. You know, uh, sports news, that, you know, and that's really uh, I think you know the only real reason you'd even want to use a service like that, sports and news, and that they they do pretty well on both fronts. One of the things I learned about motel living, where you have a TV set with a thick selection of channels, and you have no choice, how few I need. It's basically the local TV stations the broadcast stations, and maybe five others. Mm-hmm. If I could get the local stations and five others, like USA Network, Sci-Fi Channel, BBC America, maybe TNT and ION, and that's pretty much it. In fact, I'm looking to see if they got... Oh, they do have Sci-Fi on YouTube. If somebody yeah. comes up with a package like that, and it doesn't have to be $40 a month, it could be $20 a month. If someone comes up with a package like that, I really think that... I could live with it. It's really inexpensive, and I think most people can. You learn sometimes how to do without, because the way it's been done in recent years, 300 channels and nothing to watch. Why do I need 300 channels when all I need is 10? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, there's not a lot I, wa- I watch anymore, um, really. Uh, I play <laughs> Lately, I play more video games. You know, when I have free time to do stuff or... You know, I, I try to read with the family or, um, you know, we watch a lot of YouTube and stuff now. Like my kid watches tons of YouTube. My wife has usually got an audio book going on. You know, I'll, I'll a video game or, you know, I'll read to them or, you know, I mean, every now and then, you know, like, uh, I mean, there's some movies my kid will watch over and over and over again, like the Avengers. And that's just kind of our, our uh, viewing habit. You know, it's a lot different than it was in the, in the 1980s and the 1990s when, oh, hey, it's, you know. It's time for Seinfeld, <laughs> Frasier, or whatever, and uh, you know uh, everyone gather around the television. It's uh, it's just a totally different era. Well, these days your usual TV shows get a much much lower audience, half what they had just a few years ago, because there's so much attention for your time. Also, what the advertisers look at is the overnights and the live plus three. That means people time-shifting on their DVRs, say, three days later. The advertisers consider that. And the reason the advertisers consider that is that represents the real, regular, dedicated audience. Others watch it online, like I like the CWTV superhero shows. But where I am now, I might want to watch something else when they're on. So I can go to CWTV.com, and I can watch the stream 
and I could do it on my 27-inch iMac, which is pretty decent if I'm sitting close to it. Everything I miss, it's got commercials, but it's like on-demand. It's not like some services like BBC America that require you to be a user of a specific service. You have to log into your Cox account or DirecTV or Xfinity or something in order to watch that. NBC didn't. So, for example, when they had that detective thing that was on anyway they had that a detective show for summer and i could watch it without having to log into anything i think that's better when they do things like that they make it easier they've got the commercials on okay you've got the commercials on so the advertisers are being satisfied maybe with some cable outlets they look at it this way look that they're charging cable providers to get those channels so if you can see them online free why bother to pay for them but the tv thing is got to change with all the streaming stations we have the warner one coming up and we've got disney and we've got the dc comics streaming thing and now apples i want to talk to you about this in more detail we got those apple shows I'm not impressed with most of them, but I like to see like the foundation TV series based on the Isaac Asimov sprawling novel. Nobody's tried that before. I don't know about the reboot of Amazing Stories, the Steven Spielberg anthology from the 80s. But maybe two or three of those shows I'd like to watch. Apple, supposedly, according to this published report, you can tell me if you have a different opinion. It's going to offer them free, and then it's going to be a new TV app. I assume eventually available for the Mac, too, but with iOS devices. You watch it through the TV app. Of course, you then need an Apple TV, obviously, to watch it. You then need a new TV app in order to watch it. And then, as I guess, kind of be like Amazon Instant Video in one way, where... You will have the content, which is free for Amazon Prime members. And then you will be able to get some premium channels for an extra fee, like an in-app purchase, that sort of thing. Am I correct about that? That's the rumor. Yeah, you know, something like that. Uh, you know, my thought is they'll probably have some teasers that will be free. And, you know, you know they're going to try to charge you for it somehow. They're not just going to give you free uh, TV shows to watch. I mean, I could be wrong, but that doesn't sound like... Uh, that's not Tim Cook's Apple, because right now Apple's all about uh, getting that services revenue up uh, every quarter. So, yeah, you're, uh, my bet would be you're paying for that stuff. <laughs> How we've, much? Got, we've, got, we've got Josh Sanders of Tidbits. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors.
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, so your take is that the TV shows, you're going to have to pay for them. On the other hand, you could look at them as a lost leader initially to bring an audience into this app and then ultimately charge for extra services. In the meantime, they make money from their cut from the in-app purchases. So there's that possibility also. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's different ways they can go with this. Yeah, I guess we'll see. It's, it's like I said, like, uh, yeah, the only thing they have interesting so far is the, the Isaac Asimov series. Uh, and they're going to have, oh, what was the other one you mentioned? Uh, Oh yeah, amazing stories. Which yeah, I love the original one, but uh, I, I don't know how this new one will turn out. I mean, I mean, based on what Apple's produced so far, I'm just not super excited. Um, and, and yeah, they, they need to have some way to have this stuff on the Mac. You know, I was just complaining yesterday um, on Twitter about how terrible iTunes is, and like iTunes is constantly launching itself, and it's just bad. It sucks, and I hate it. <laughs> I wish they would replace it already, and maybe that's what uh. This um oh oh what's the code name the Marzipan uh you know moving the iOS apps to the Mac maybe that's what's ultimately leading to but you know in the segment before yours we had a gentleman from Windows Central mm-hmm. and he was talking about how bad iTunes is for Windows then again Microsoft has nothing better so it's that kind of thing it's great it's a horrible thing iTunes and no insult to Jeffrey Robin one of the creators of iTunes, a friend of mine. Although I haven't talked to him in years because he can't say anything to me anymore because he works for Apple. It's the application you love to hate, but what is there out there that's better than iTunes? Literally anything. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, okay, let's break it down. Here's the thing. What are you comparing iTunes to now? Because uh, the problem is iTunes is everything. You know, back when like, 
I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, whenever iTunes was a fairly simple music app, it was great because it was, it was fast. It was relatively simple. Uh, I, I've, I loved iTunes back then. But now it's like, okay, if I want to watch video, I would rather go, I don't know, literally anywhere like Netflix or Hulu or, or Amazon or anywhere because it's, it's bad for that. Um, for music, I mean, just for streaming music, I'd rather go to Spotify because at least Spotify doesn't have all the other garbage attached to it. Um, now for um, managing my own music, there is a program. Uh, let's see. Let me make sure it's still a thing before I mention it. Yeah, there's a there's an app we reviewed in tidbits a while ago. I don't think Kirk McElhern liked it very much, but it's called Vox, and it's uh, it's a relatively simple uh, music app uh, for the app, and it's uh, the basic version's free. Now, now for ripping CDs and stuff like that, iTunes used to be great. I could probably find better things now. Uh, for sharing stuff to my Apple TV, I don't even use iTunes for that anymore. I'll, I use Plex. Plex is much better. So, so to answer, <laughs> so to answer your question, what's better than iTunes? Literally everything. It's there. There are parts of it, you know, lots, large swaths of it are largely out of date. And what isn't out of date is a is a mess. It's just a disaster. And and there's so many old crappy features all clustered together like I, you know okay so people uh, so i know some people still use it to back up their ios devices at tidbits we don't even recommend that anymore because they're like itunes backups are so broken now because apple clearly isn't paying much attention uh to that side of things uh we say just use icloud i mean there's, there's no part of itunes that that i would say works best in class and it's such a behemoth and, and the maddening thing is apple doesn't address it at all I mean, I mean, they they've rearranged some stuff on it. It's a little better than it was a version or two ago. You know, they brought back the sidebar. You know, and and, and good for that. But uh, they don't. Otherwise, they just kind of act like it's not there. They won't, it's not even like they'll say, "Oh yeah, iTunes is still great. There's no problem." They just don't talk about it. A- Apple has some real issues there, and I think until they uh, address that, I, I kind of question their TV efforts. I would much rather hear rumors about they're rethinking iTunes. They're rewriting iTunes. They're killing iTunes. Then about uh, you know they're in talks with Gwyneth Paltrow to uh, you know make sliding doors a TV show. You know, I would much rather hear about them fixing this stuff. I worry about talking to Gwyneth Paltrow about anything. I worry about a TV show featuring Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. Now Reese Witherspoon understand won an Oscar, okay, for playing. June Carter Cash in that movie that yeah, Walk the Line. Walk the Line with what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix, who is now playing what the the Joker? Yeah, one of them. One it's like this is a thing here. It's like they have what, five jokers now? Yeah, I don't know. Like they they grab Jared Leto will still be the Joker, and then uh the other guy will also be a Joker. And I don't know, maybe they'll have a third Joker at the same time. Maybe they'll just have a movie that says nothing but Jokers. <laughs> it's, it'll be entitled The Jokers on You. Yeah, yeah. If you pay, if you pay a ticket for this crap, it, the, the joke is on you. <laughs> I've seen enough of these DC movies. <laughs> I like Man of Steel, though it became too violent towards the end. I didn't dislike Batman v Superman. I felt that Justice League was screwed up. They really screwed it up. I think that they wanted to make it too short, the running time. They made it, I think it had to be two hours, according to Warner Brothers. And I think if they fleshed it out, 
like another half hour, 40 minutes, it would have been a better film. And now they're saying, is there a Zack Snyder cut? They want to see that. So now we're hearing that Henry Cavill as Superman is going to be history. And he's playing Bond. Do you think that Henry Cavill is going to play Bond? I think he'd be good at it because he played a spy and apparently did very well in the last Mission Impossible movie, Fallout. He also played in Man from Uncle. Yes, I think he has the look to be Bond. Yeah, yeah. And he's about the right age. He's 35 now. There's one more film with Daniel Craig. So by the time they do another film, it's three years from now. He's 38. And that would be a good thing. Yeah, he's he's the right age. I mean, yeah, he, I, you know, yeah, to, totally could be Bond. But he's also going to be in the Witcher series on Netflix. So I don't know. I don't know how. I'm sure they could work that out somehow. Now, remember here that Sean Connery was in his early 30s when he first did Bond. We forget that. Yeah, but he looked like he was 50. People looked like older back then. Is that what it is? They looked older back then? I, I think I, it's just the way he he had the look that conveyed a person probably in his 40s. I don't I think, think I, 50s. I mean, once I, he was in his 50s, you can say, okay, this guy's in his 50s. In his early 30s, he looked like he could play 40s. I think it was all the cigarettes. <laughs> People smoked a lot back then. They, they all looked a lot older. But you remember the first film, Dr. No? Yeah. They star the trend that Felix Leiter, the CIA agent, was always almost played by a different actor in every movie. And I guess part of the reason is, in the first movie, Dr. No, Jack Lord was Felix Leiter, the CIA agent. What did he do after that movie? He it's went Hawaii Five O, right? Or yeah, Steve McGarrett in Hawaii Five O for like twelve years. So you never know. We don't want to talk about all that old stuff. So anyway, Apple, whatever they're gonna do, they're gonna do it. There's a report here, I guess all the sales reports of PCs from IDC and Gartner indicate a decent level drop, another drop in sales for the Mac. And again, they're blaming that on the lack of new models so far this year. And maybe that's true. But the other PC makers seem to be doing better. And I don't know what major new products are coming from Dell and HP. I barely know what products they have out now. So we'll think about that. Let me just remind you that the very best way on planet Earth to support the Tech Night Owl Live is to sign up for Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com for more details. We've got Josh Centers of Tidbits. You go to tidbits.com and you can see what they're up to. We don't talk about it very much. A really good weekly newsletter. It's been around since the early 90s. It's good stuff. Good stuff. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. 
And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. Former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join the American Cannabis Summit, visit ACS2018.com or text JOIN to 76280. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Text JOIN to 76280. Text JOIN to 76280 now. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Many people write us about their experience with Extendivite. Allow me to read you a few from Amazon.com. By Mel. Great product. My husband and father-in-law use it regularly. Both my husband and father-in-law have had significant change in their blood pressure and overall health. By Amazon customer. It works for me. Return to buy the tincture and the capsules as they were on sale during February. Unlike some other products, this one worked for blood pressure and occasional irregular heartbeat. Extendivite produced noticeable results after just two bottles, a four-month supply. I take Extendivite three times a day, every day. I think this supplement has helped with my increased fitness regime and to lower my blood pressure. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. Call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. 
If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So riddle me this, Josh Centers. I had to say that. <laughs> okay. Is the drop-off of Mac sales to any extent due to the lack of new models? And why do we have that sensitivity with Macs, but maybe not so much for Windows? I think it's two things. This was actually brought up in, in the Tidbits talk uh, board earlier. To me, it's pretty simple. Uh, window, the quality of, of Windows machines has skyrocketed. Uh, also, the price of Macs has skyrocketed. You know, uh, right here I have my uh, 2016 MacBook Pro, and it's it's an all right laptop, I guess, but uh, it ended up costing about $2,500 after I got the dongles I needed for it, and even then I still needed an extra hub later, uh, and, and Apple Care and all that, so super expensive. I, I mean, to get a Mac these days, you're either getting really outdated hardware or you're spending a small fortune, and sometimes both. You know, okay, the iMac Pro is five thousand dollars. That's a super niche uh, uh, product. Uh, the MacBook Pro, you know, th- those aren't at all cheap. Uh, the MacBook Air, you know, used to kind of be, you know, the common man's uh, Apple laptop, but it's woefully out of date. Uh, the base MacBook is just crap. I mean, honestly, you know. So uh, you have the iMac, the twenty-seven inch iMac. I think is a good machine, but most people want portability. Um, or if you want a desktop, you know, most people who want desktops anymore. They, um, they're kind of on the nerdy side and they really just build their own. You know, if you've used a windows laptop recently, they're pretty good. You know, it's not like it was even just five years ago. I, you know, I walk into electronic stores every now and then like a Best Buy or something. I, I play with all the machines. Uh, the track pads are up to Apple quality now. You know, uh, it's, it's totally standard in an $800 windows laptop to see a glass, tr- a big glass track pad. Uh, the keyboards are are pretty high quality, which which especially is a big thing, uh, considering how kind of lousy they are in the newer MacBook Pros. And Windows 10 is actually pretty good, and the security issues aren't quite as bad as they used to be. I mean, it's it's not quite as worry free as the Mac, but on the other hand, you have so many uh, crazy security features in the Mac now that uh, it could be hard to even get your work done. Like I was just trying to install. Some software here a minute ago, uh, VirtualBox from Oracle, totally legitimate application. And I had to go through system preferences and and uh, <laughs> t- tell you know t- uh, hit a switch before I could even install it. Otherwise, the installer failed. So uh, you know the and that's basically the calculus here is that the the quality of the of the PC world has has skyrocketed. You know, in the past, especially in the past couple of years, uh, the quality of the Mac has declined, and meanwhile, uh, the price of the PC has stayed about where it's been, if not gotten cheaper, uh, at least for the quality level. And then uh, the Mac's getting more and more expensive. So I think it's just that simple. I mean, you have to really be a hardcore Apple person now, or have a professional interest to uh, get want to get a Mac. So what does Apple do about that? I don't think they care. I, I I think they're they're exactly where they want to be. I don't think they care how, you know, how many they're selling relative to HP or Dell or whoever. What they care about is will people spend three thousand dollars on a laptop from us? Uh, you, you know, that's that's really where Apple wants to be. They, they've made that very clear. Uh, you, you know, they've moved about all the units they probably think they're ever going to move. So now it's like, well, you know, how much can we charge for those products? So that's where they're at. You know, they're they're very much uh, not in the mass 
market, at least um, on that end of things, uh, you know, they, 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 they'd rather be the uh, profitable niche. So, you know, that's just, uh, that's just where they're at now. Now the question is, is if those, um, they can keep those high dollar users around. Cause if someone's spending $3,000 on a laptop, uh, you know, they're going to be, they're going to have some certain things they want. And if uh, Apple can't deliver, then uh, there's going to be a problem. Well, certainly with the iPhone prices have gone up, there's no longer a $349 iPhone SE. The cheapest model is what the six at the seven, right? The iPhone seven mm-hmm. is still available for $449. And then the iPhone 8 is 549 And then the iPhone 10R. I'm confused with the new iPhones. The naming doesn't work for me. Yeah, there's like the XR, the XS. I guess it's supposed to be 10R, 10S. No, no one's saying that. The iPhone 10S. I call it the iPhone XS and the iPhone XR. <laughs> they just got to deal with that. I'm looking at Apple right now and pricing. So the 8 is $599. The 8 Plus is $699. And the 10R, do I have it right? It's not listed yet because it's not available for pre-order. So I don't know what to say about this. Learn more about the 10R. And the question I have if we're going to talk about iPhones. Is the 10R going to really become the sales leader? Because it's got, Mm -hmm. what, 95% or 98% of everything offered in the 10S and the 10S Max. Do people need that 5%, the multiple lenses for the camera, the OLED display, etc.? Uh, you know that uh, I I couldn't tell you if that's going to be the big seller, but that's the one I would recommend someone to buy if they wanted to uh, buy a new iPhone. That's the one I would go for these days. Yeah, totally. Because um, no, I personally I'm sticking with my ten, and part of that is I want to have a test device to keep around, and um, I need to have the 3D touch stuff again just so I can write about it, but. I think 3 Touch is largely useless. Apple seems to be agreeing with that. The, the, the XR keeps the best part of 3 Touch. It keeps that haptic feedback, which now that's great. You know, who cares about pressing into the screen? But the haptic feedback is great. So, yeah, the XR has got all the good stuff. Now, but it'll be curi- I'll be curious to see if more people go for the XR or for the Google Pixel 3 because, um, you know, the big, the big thing that they seem to be competing on there is camera. And uh, they both kind of use the same setup where they have a, a single rear camera and it's using computational tricks to uh, to get additional effects out of it. Uh, I think Google is going to beat Apple on that front. Now, whether they beat them in sales or not, who knows? But um, the, they definitely have a compelling competitor there. Yeah, but the Pixel has never sold well at all. They only sell a small number of those Pixels. And even Samsung's having problems pushing... The galaxies these days, sales are not that great. Samsung is making good profits, selling parts to Apple. Really? Uh, I'm sorry, what was that now? Samsung is not doing mm-hmm. so well with the mobile phones, the Galaxy series. They're emphasizing, shall we say, the real, real expensive ones. And they're not doing as well as Apple's. 
On the other hand, Samsung is making a killing selling parts to Apple, mm-hmm. selling them all sorts of things, and their and their component division is doing very well. And Apple and Samsung buried the hatchet as far as the legal actions are concerned, so it opens up a good opportunity for them. We got more to come with Josh Centers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill. So what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know they're good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. 
This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Remember also a Samsung, it's a key supplier of OLED displays. I think LG also, Apple's trying to source from them. But if Apple's going to go more and more OLED, They've got to have more supplies. You know, I don't. I don't know how they handle that. <laughs> Over time, they've uh, they've made different uh, experiments, uh, trying to uh, boost uh, suppliers, and it hasn't really worked out. I mean, I, I think what they got right now seems to be a workable strategy. Uh, you have OLED screens in the in the high dollar phones, and then you have um, LCD in the uh, in the base model phones. That seems to that seems to work for them. Well, it really works for Samsung though, don't it? Because Samsung gets both ends of this. They both compete with Apple and also supply for Apple. <laughs> they they have a pretty great business model going on there. And consider this: for most people, if I take an iPhone 10R, which I don't have, obviously, and I put it next to the iPhone 10S, yes, the OLED display is going to have an unlimited viewing angle. Aside from that. For most people, is the picture going to be that different? Uh, I bet the big. I want. I bet one of the big differences is uh, the notch. I bet that notch really sticks out on the uh, LCD screen. Um, you know, but uh, I don't know. For most people, I don't think it's going to make that big of a deal. You know, I, I move uh, between my OLED screen and LCD screens. And, um, I mean, yeah, the, you know, there are some things that look better in my iPhone 10. Like, you know, of course, uh, it does a better job showing blacks. You know, black colors, uh, because uh, when it's off, it's actually, you know, black, unlike uh, an LCD screen where it's a sort of uh, a really dark gray, I guess. But, you know, overall, I, I don't know. It's just a ton of difference. And, you know, like I can watch things on my iPad Pro uh, and it looks just fine to me. So, you know, I, I, I think I think most people will be pretty happy with the iPhone XR. And remember, OLED is a luxury. This doesn't mean that the iPhone 10 was the big seller it was but for most people oled's a luxury and there are other technologies being experimented with out there that may be cheap ultimately to bring online it may be because oled's been out quite a while and still even though the prices are down over what they used to be it's still a limited production technology it still costs a fair amount more for the displays than it does for lcd they keep improving lcd all the new TV sets get better and better. Yes, if you watch your TV off-axis, there's no comparison. But otherwise, you get a pretty good result. Yeah. 
you know, I, I just don't see OLED burning things up. You know, it's been, it's been those technologies promised for years. And it's like you said, it'll probably remain just a, a premium feature. There's also a couple of other technologies Apple is involved in testing. So maybe OLED will never grow much beyond where it is now. And part of it is the difficulty of yields, of getting the higher percentage of yields that come out right. The manufacturing difficulty is part of the problem. If they solve that, they could bring the price down because they get more bang for the buck. But right now, that is a big issue. And we'll have to see where that lies. I think Apple, all things being equal, if they could get the OLED displays for similar prices, they go all the way with that. Sure. I mean, (laughs) the whole industry probably would. I think the question I have now about the iPhone is a logical one, which is, Sales are saturated. Other companies are losing out. Like I mentioned Samsung, their sales are down. Apple sales are flat, but they're making more money because they sell more expensive gear. And certainly they went whole hog with that, with the success of the iPhone 10, having a 10s Max for $100 more. Means a lot of people are going to want that and figure on the monthly basis, it's only a few dollars a month difference. You know, you get one of these deals, AT&T Next. And there are two plans there with AT&T Next. One is get a phone every year. The other is get it every two years, but pay it off in 30 months. And if you get it for two years, the price difference between the two models isn't that great. In fact, I can give it to you in a second as you continue talking. Because I had AT&T site here just to see what, see what I could wish for. Okay. Yeah, we, we always need to wish for things that we don't have right now. But they uh, they get pretty uh expensive. Uh, I'm I mean I'm paying close to sixty bucks a month for my uh, iPhone ten now. Of course that's through Apple, so I got the um uh the uh, the Apple Care Plus and all that. So um you know, but they're uh it's i don't know i it's getting to the point it's a little too expensive for me honestly if i wasn't getting paid to cover this stuff i'd probably be looking at cheaper android phones you know like uh you know well my iphone 10s holding up pretty well unfortunately i tend to uh trash uh phones after a couple of years i use them way too much okay i'm looking at the prices now at&t the basic iphone 10 s Mm-hmm. 64 gigabytes, which most people will find that sufficient, by the way. It's 33 34 a month for a 30-month deal. Remember I told you, you can trade in after two years for a 30-month deal. Okay, that's where you keep it. Now I'm looking mm-hmm. at the other one, the Max. Let's look at Max. Let's see what Max does. So Max, it's only $3 more a month. So if you could pay $33 a month, this is not with any extended warranty. It's not with Square Trade. It's not with Apple Care. It's just the phone. And you want to upgrade every two years. It's 33 and change for the 10, 36 and change for the 10 Max in 64 gigabyte versions. Mm. That's probably not too bad. You're paying 60 because probably a shorter term loan, number one. Number two, you've got all the extras. Yeah, yeah. 
But then I can't afford $36 a month. What, what are we? How about $7 a month? I'll pay $7 a month for an iPhone 10. There you go. 10S Max. I'll pay $7 a month, okay? That's it for me. So what are you yeah. buying of the new equipment here? You're buying a new iPhone 10S something? Uh, nope. Nah. I, I have the 10. Uh, it, it does fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have another year to pay it off. And uh, then I'll uh, I'll keep it and uh, keep it around as a test device because my my other test device for I, on the iPhone side is an iPhone six and uh, I doubt I would doubt it supports iOS thirteen it might that would be good um, but it's it's kind of a worn out phone anyway so I'll have my iPhone ten as a test device and then get whatever the new iPhone x10 whatever is and uh, go from there and really i don't see a whole lot in the iphone 10s to um to draw me away i understand the camera's really good um you know I'd, i might even go to an xr and dial back a bit um but you know we'll, we'll just have to see how that goes but yeah i'm not gonna make a decision until ne- uh until uh next year what about the apple watch 4 Series four. Uh, you know, that's that's a little more interesting. Uh, I probably still won't get one. I didn't really get a lot of use out of my original one, and now it's kind of worthless because the battery's shot, and uh, it, it's already it doesn't support uh, Watch OS five. So, I mean, I, I wasn't the kind of guy before to, to buy it. You know, a three hundred dollar watch. Now it's more like a four hundred dollar watch or a five hundred dollar watch if you want cellular. And, and I don't know. I'm just I'm not a five hundred dollar watch guy. <laughs> i'll tell you though with all the people complaining that the apple watch wasn't doing well apple found its niche health and fitness you got the ecg on it which i think is coming later this year they had to get fda approval for that i think a lot of people are buying these things and insurance companies are offering them as premiums or something which is really interesting that's another reason why a lot of people are buying apple watches plus no other smart watches doing that well we've got more to come with josh centers i'm gene steinberger in the tech night out live thank you for listening to gcn Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Bye now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go with water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now, GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. For P150, P150 GA, P150 NY, P150 OK, P150 TN, C250 A, C250 E, C250 Q. Not available in all states. If New York or Colorado, call for a similar offer. What's the scariest thing about going to the dentist? Opening your mouth or opening your wallet? Because just a simple cleaning can cost $150, and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more. If you don't have dental insurance to help, call Physicians Mutual Insurance Company, 1-800-656-4686. This isn't a discount plan or preventive-only coverage. This is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away. So you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow. Plus, it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road. Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired. Plus, you can choose any dentist you'd like. Call now for a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-656-4686. That's 1-800-656-4686. 1-800-656-4686. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go. With water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So, Apple Watch, don't you think, well, if someone like me, if I had a spare $400 or $500, shouldn't I buy at my advanced age an Apple Watch Series 4 because of its health capabilities and measurements? I mean, you could. It probably wouldn't be the worst thing to buy. Uh, Rich Mogul wrote an article for Tidbits recently. Now, Rich is, among many other things, a, a licensed and trained paramedic. 
So he has a, some interesting views on this stuff. And, and his take was between the EKG functions and the fall detection functions uh, that this you know watch will save lives. Um, as, as sort of, you're kind of in the target market, I guess, Gene, because they're, they're targeting an older crowd and they're also targeting people who will wear this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, you'd probably be a good, uh, a good candidate. Uh, I have some family members I might actually buy for, uh, you know, they're not terribly tech phobic, but they could probably also uh, use the features. Uh, there's a lot of people on my wife's side of the family that have uh, atrial fibrillation, which is one of the things that uh, the Apple Watch can pick up on. So, you know, if you have one, of the, if you have a condition like that, that this new Apple Watch is designed to suss out, then uh, probably an easy buy for you if you use an iPhone. I, I, I couldn't help but make the joke, you know, when I was editing Rich's article and, and insert this in here about the, it reminds me of the old Life Alert uh, ads, you know, because the, the Apple Watch can detect if you have a fall and, and call people for you. And, it, you know, back in the um, late 80s to like mid 90s, they had these Life Alert ads on TV with the old lady saying, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. And they, they had like the. I don't know what it was, like some kind of pager you'd wear around your neck and, and it connected to your landline somehow. And you press a button, it'd call 911. You, you know, and all jokes aside, though, that's that's a common thing that that can kill people. Uh, you know, Rich was talking about how, uh, you know, one of his first paramedic calls was a guy who had just, you know, fallen over and he died. And, and if he had an Apple Watch, you know, one of these new Apple Watches, he, he might, you know, might have survived that. I'm sure it'll be a big hit. It's it's definitely out of all the things that Apple announced at that event. I think it's the most interesting. Well, I think here what we're seeing is Apple will probably do better with the Apple Watch in its present marketing than you might have expected because we still have the same situation where sales are going up in double digits every year, so it hasn't reached its potential. It's not going to be like the iPhone at all. But they can sell 50, 75 million a year. Nothing to be ashamed of. No, I mean, uh, it, it'll never be the next iPhone. It'll never replace the iPhone. But um, it's definitely a uh, you know profitable product for them, man. Well, absolutely. I think it's really become something interesting. And I think when it was introduced... Apple conveyed the impression they were looking for a place to put it in terms of marketing. And they started as something as expensive jewelry. Okay, this is going to be jewelry, but then, of course, when someone buys an expensive watch, like a Brian Chaffin, for example, from Mac Observer, he's going to spend three, four grand or something for a watch and keep it for 10 years. It's not going to be like you buy a little tiny personal computer, and after a couple of years, it's toast. You see, that's the issue, too. And the other issue Apple has to solve is to get that battery life up. I'd probably still wear my first-generation Apple Watch and probably just get the battery replaced in it if uh, I knew there was going to be software support for the, you know, the immediate future, you know, for the next few years. And that's something I'm kind of annoyed about. You know, so we'll see if, if, they, if they get, you know... And a lot of times it's it's that first generation product. You know, the, the iPad was the same way. The iPad 2 was supported for a really long time. The iPad 1, not so much. So I kind of knew that going to this first Apple Watch. 
So if, uh, if it looks like they're going to support them for longer, uh, in, you know, uh, different models for longer in the future, then I get one. Like I want to, if, if I spend a few hundred dollars for a watch, I don't think it's unreasonable to get like five years out of it. You know, does that seem unreasonable? You spend four or $500 on a watch, you get at least five years out of it. You know, one of the things Apple has to consider, too, is that uh, people buying this stuff, you know, it's an addition to the iPhone, the iPad, maybe a Mac. You know, so you kind of have to factor that in. I know they, they want the the uh, the upper class, uh, you know, they, they want the richer customers, and I, I don't blame them. Uh, but, you know, it's just something uh, to keep in mind. But see, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to go... They're going to try to figure out just how much they can charge for uh, this stuff and, and take it as high as they can. Well, certainly Apple was criticized heavily for selling an iPhone for $999. But then there came the point where the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 was selling slightly cheaper, but close enough, as they say. So that I gave the Apple the impetus, plus the success of the iPhone 10 assured them that now we can sell this for a really high price and people will buy it. And everything with Apple is going up. And is Apple in danger of pricing themselves out of these markets or is it doing it in a way that's not that different, except, for, of course, for the new MacBook Pros? Now, the MacBook Pros, the price now is what it was when they first came out with the Retina display, and then the price went down. And we hope it would go down. Of course, then Apple comes out with the iMac Pro starting at $5,000, and next year there'll be a Mac Pro. Will it also be $5,000 to start, and then they get the new 28-core Intel Xeon, and it's $20,000? I mean, maybe. Uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, you know, I... I... I don't expect anything too cheap to come out of Apple anytime soon. So, you know, if, if you have a lower and upper estimate for what you think an Apple product should cost, I would um, stick to the upper estimate. That's Apple for you. Yeah. Yeah, they'll do things a lot higher than you expect. Quickly, what's the hot ticket these days at Tidbits? Hot ticket. We have memberships. We're about to have a membership drive. So if you go to tidbits.com, you can... Uh, you know, find out more about that stuff. As always, I have titles on takecontrolbooks.com, uh, including my new iOS 12 book. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. I've been making a lot of YouTube videos lately. Just search for Josh Centers on the YouTube, and you'll you'll find me. Um, also, if you search for Tidbits Publishing on YouTube, uh, I've been making uh, videos for Tidbits as well. So uh, lots of content out there. Have your heart's content of. Go for that with your heart's content indeed. And what are you going to buy? Buy a new Mac? If it come out Maybe. with one, or do you think that you're current? I'm good. If anything, I need a new monitor for my iMac. But now I got the I got the 2016 MacBook Pro. It feels brand new to me. Uh, my iMac is about four years old now, but it's doing fine. And uh, <laughs> I'm not seeing much much to upgrade. I got the I got the iPad Pro, the ten and a half inch one from. Uh, last year and uh you know this new one might be interesting yeah i'm i'm just not feeling the pressure to upgrade right now i'm pretty happy with everything i got i got the apple tv 4k which i don't even really watch i mostly watch the roku tv so my, my tech steps uh you know i'm pretty happy with it right now you can find us by the way on twitter for tech night out we can find obviously 
Josh at tidbits.com. You can find me on Facebook. You look for Gene Steinberg, the guy in the plaid shirt. It's an older photo. I don't look that much different, but there you go. I don't want to frighten people away. We have another radio show called The Paracast about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. We also got a brand new forum for the Paracast, the Paracast forums. And it's the new version of the Zen Foro software that will soon come to the Tech Night Out Live forums. We also have a special version of the show. And if you subscribe to Tech Night Out Plus, you get the version without the network ads. It's the best way to support the show. Okay? And the prices begin at $1.49 a week, $4.99 a month. Go to plus.technightout.com. Once again, go to plus.technightout.com to learn more about the joys of Tech Night Owl Plus. And by the way, we give you better quality audio. Higher bit rate. Isn't that nice? Josh Centers, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.